Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. This is just going to be a great show. Just so thankful for this avenue of our ministry, and I'm just so thankful to be here with y'all. Thank you for listening. What an honor that you would even listen. Thank you guys so much. I want to talk to you guys about something that's very important to me today, and I've worked on it a lot. It is this. You must, must, M-U-S-T, must, deal. You got to deal with your past, y'all. You got a deal. I'm going to talk to you guys about something that I've actually spoken on multiple times, but we have never done a radio show on it. And I'm going to talk about it in just a second. You'll remember a couple years ago, I wrote this tiny little book called I Am Rahab. And I Am Rahab changed and encouraged my life. And it was um, just Rahab's story in general. Um, I found her in the scriptures and uh, really, I'd always known about her, but I found her. You know how you like hear of something and then you like find them and you're like, oh my goodness, we're like best friends. Rahab doesn't know this, but we are. But I found her and I really just poured my heart for for several years into studying her, studying what God did through her, um, studying some of the misconceptions of uh, her life. Uh, I was able to point out in my book, I Am Rahab, um, a shameless plug, go get you one. Those of you out there that do have a past and you're wondering, hey man, am I ever going to be useful for the kingdom? Uh, You are. You are. If you have a heart beating in your body, you are um, useful to the kingdom and you are here for uh, many purposes, not just one, many. But this is probably one of the most, my favorite parts of the book. This is the book. um, And I've actually spoken about it on many platforms over the last um, couple of years. Deal. You have to deal with your past. And while studying um, just Rahab and Joshua and Jericho and the entire city uh, and the the, the entire scene that was uh, the Israelites um, going into their first steps into the promised land, one of the things that hit me right between the eyes as I was studying this passage of scripture was this. And this was the spirit of God that told this to me. He said it so sweetly like this. I remember I was at the beach and I was studying. I was praying, oh God, give me insight. Oh God, give me insight to your word. What do you know about this passage of scripture that um, people need to know? Um, What do you know? Please let me be a vessel for this, um, uh, for the scene, Lord, in your word. And he said it so sweetly like this. Israel and Jericho were never meant to be neighbors. And when the spirit of God speaks to you so incredibly profound like that, it, 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 it sent me into this like whirlwind of activity. You know, I'm going directly to the passage. I'm, I'm, you know, in the passage of scripture where the, the Israelites are marching up to Jericho. I'm in, I'm, 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 I'm just right there. It's almost like he put me in that scene, especially in his word, just to, um, figure out, uh, what exactly that meant. And it was very clear to me, Israel, had to go in and had to dis 
possess the nation of Jericho and many other nations before they could possess the promised land. Israel and Jericho were never meant to be neighbors. Israel and Jericho were never meant to have the same Amazon Prime guy. They were never meant to have the same mailman. They were never meant to sit, have the same recycle dude. They were never meant to be neighbors. However, in our lives, what I've what I've realized is just like Israel had to go in and had to dispossess the nations. We have to do the same thing. Before we possess something in our life, there is, there needs to be um, some dispossessing that takes place. I want to take you directly to my scripture. I didn't have many PSAs today. Maybe I'll do them at the end of the show. Um, but I want you to go with me to Numbers 33. And as I was studying this uh, passage of scripture about uh, Israel going in and you know, marching around Jericho and um, um, and all of those things, uh, the cross referencing the cross referencing brought me to this. In Numbers thirty three, the Lord uh, is speaking to Moses, and you'll see this here. Uh, but he's he's uh, giving him the law for possessing um, the promised land. This is what it says in verse fifty. Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan opposite Jericho. He said, "This speak." Now this is Moses, most still alive. He's still he's still with us. Okay, he's not dead yet. It's not Joshua. He's speaking to. He's speaking to Moses speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you cross over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you. You've got to drive them out. They got to go. They got to be removed. This is the law. The law of possessing the land. And you have to destroy all their figured stones and destroy all their molten images and demolish all their high places. He's saying, listen, don't get too excited about possessing until you dispossess some of the junk that is in the promised land right now. You've got some work to do. You must do this. You shall. You know, when the Lord says you shall, you better listen up. Verse 53 says this, and you shall take possession of the land and live in it. For I've given the land to you to possess. 54. Numbers 33, 54, you shall inherit the land by lot, according to your families, to the larger, you shall give more inheritance and to the smaller, you shall give less inheritance wherever the lots fall to anyone that shall be his. You shall inherit according to the tribes of your fathers. Now, this is the big one. Verse 55, but if you were going to camp here, y'all, but If you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, listen, if you don't do what I'm telling you to do, if you decide "Mm, that's too hard, I'm not going to do it. Then it shall come about that those who you let remain, okay, of them will become 
as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you and the land in which you live. And as I plan to do to them, so I will do to you. I'm going to read that again. Verse 55, 33, 55. It's right here, black and white, y'all. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come about that those whom you let remain of them will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides. And they will trouble you in the land in which you live. Now, this is given to the Israelites via the Lord to Moses. So that they're able to possess the promised land and enjoy it. The promised land was set aside on land flowing with milk and honey. I mean, you can read it all throughout the Old Testament. I mean, it was to be enjoyed. This was a special land, something set apart for Israel to go to, to, um, to, you know, not set up tents to um, inhabit, to to grow, to have their children. It, it was it was it was to be their home that was set aside. But he says so specifically. Before you possess, you've got to dispossess. Before you go in, you've got some work to do in your life, and this. Absolutely. You've got to work some, some work to do in your land. And this concept healed me in a very deep way. I started thinking back at my life and, and uh, just the things uh, that I've been, been through, um, you know, uh, some of us like me, if you're like me here, I'm on my, my, um, second marriage and I, and I love my husband. We've been married for almost 16 years. Okay. We have four kids. We have a very successful marriage. God has been good to us. Not that it doesn't take work because it does. Okay. I'm not trying to feed you all rainbows and butterflies over here, but it, it, it works because we have founded our marriage on biblical principles. But when we were first marriage married, I realized that, um, here I was so excited to get into this marriage with Eddie, but I had been married before and I realized that there were some things that he would do, um, um, that would just bug me, like, like trigger some trigger, uh, trigger fear in me. And it was nothing. It was like him bringing me home flowers, surprises. We found out later really, um, triggered something in me and I didn't know why. And I remember one day I looked at him and I was like, please don't bring me home flowers anymore. Now, any other woman would be like, uh, would, 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 would never say that to their husband, but I, I didn't know why it triggered such fear in me, but surprises trigger fear in me um, until we went to counseling uh, several years into our marriage. And I realized that the reason why surprises were triggering something in me was because when I was married in my first marriage and he was abusive to me, the abuse was always a surprise. I had no idea that flowers would trigger that but they did. And here I'm pulling into my second marriage, which I have founded on Christ and we did everything God's way. What he says, the word I'm pulling into that marriage, um, these feelings and triggers from my first marriage. I didn't quite know where they originated, where, where they came from. And it was the biblical counseling that helped us sort of work through some of those things. What I needed to do was I needed to dispossess 
some of those nations that some of those Jerichos that I had built in my mind and I needed to clear them out and I needed to remove the high places and I I needed to um, remove the figured stone. I, I needed to remove a bunch of those things so I could go into my second marriage and enjoy it. I find that this happens in a lot of different people's lives and it's not just, um, you know, first and second marriages. It's not just, it's not just that some of us, um, even as moms and dads, you know, we, something our kids will do will trigger something in us. We don't know why. Maybe it makes us upset. Maybe it um, just triggers fear or frustration or um, just an emotion that kind of comes off really rough on our kids, but our kids didn't have anything to do with it. But we, we might sit back and realize that it's not what our child has said to us. It's maybe what our parents said to us. Maybe our moms and dads weren't great moms and dads. And we haven't dispossessed some of those nations of having parents that weren't great parents. And we've brought it into our parenting. This promised land that God has given us, that's absolutely amazing and incredible but if you don't deal with some hurts from your past, odds are it will come off, it will come through in your current situation. There's a reason why the Lord looked at Moses and said, "You shall dispossess the nations." He says this, but if you do not, verse fifty-five, drive them out. It will come about that those who let who you let remain will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you in the land in which you live. I remember, and I've told this story a lot. I remember um, a couple of years ago, I I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. I might have even told it on the air before. If so, just listen again. It's fine. I remember getting up in the middle of the night and my eye was itchy and it was like super weird and it felt like something was in it. But then, of course, I got up at three o'clock in the morning, ran to the bathroom and and saw that there was nothing there. It wasn't even that red. But there I am like freaking out because there's clearly something wrong with my eye. I wake my husband up who can go to sleep at the drop of a hat. Drives me crazy. Takes me forever to go to sleep and he goes to sleep at the drop of a hat. Um, I woke him up and I was like, Eddie. Look at my eye. Can you see something? There is something wrong with my eye. And he's looking at me and he's like, there ain't nothing wrong with your eye. Go to bed. Four o'clock in the morning rolls around. Five o'clock in the morning. I think I eventually did drift off to sleep. But about six o'clock in the morning, I wake up and my eye is so incredibly itchy. And at this point, it is red. My husband, um, bless his heart, is awoken by his wife who is shaking him saying there is absolutely something wrong with my eye. Now, I will admit I can be overly dramatic about things like this, but I was saying we've got to go to the doctor right now. I don't even know what I thought was wrong with my eye. I mean, I, I mean, I don't even know. But trust me, I had died a thousand deaths over my itching eye. It was absolutely driving me crazy. And I uh, remember my my husband looking at me and he is like, you probably just have pink eye. 
And I'm like, what? Pink eye? What is pink eye? Like, I had had it, I think I had it before as a kid, but that day, I don't know what it was. Pink eye might as well have been like a fatal stroke. I mean, it was it was absolutely horrendous to me, um, just the words pink eye. You probably just have pink eye on him. And he was acting like it was no big deal, but to me, it was everything. Uh, I remember him, God bless his heart, calling like an eye doctor. I think they opened at 8 o'clock, and we were there like 20 minutes early sitting in my car I was itching my eye I was freaking out um and I get we're, we're like walking up to the door at eight o'clock and I um you know they open the door and I'm frantic because you know I'm thinking at this point you can die from pink eye which you know guess I, I don't think that you can my husband was oh you can Dan is saying okay well that makes this story even scarier <laughs> Dan just totally corrected me in the studio. He's like, oh, yes, you can die from pink eye. Well, then I had reason to be scared of my pink eye. Um, anyway, my husband's like, you're fine. You're not going to die from pink eye. But I'm going to tell him that Dan said, you are wrong. You can. Uh, anyway, so I go into the doctor's office and I'm sitting there and she's like, here's a here's the little dropper. And the dropper legitimately was no bigger than my pinky. She said, put two drops in twice a day. And you'll be good. And I thought to myself, okay, that's easy enough. And sure enough, after like a day or two, um, the pink eye subsided and I lived. Guys, I'm here. I'm here to tell the tale of the pink eye. Uh, But this is one thing that I would never want every day for the rest of my life. Let me read this again. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, then it shall come about that those who you let remain will become as pricks in your eyes and as thorns in your sides, and they will trouble you in the land in which you live. Do you have something from your past that's troubling you? Like I said, to start the um, show, Israel and Jericho were never meant to be neighbors. They were not meant to coexist together. Jericho had to be defeated in order for Israel to go in and possess the promised land. They had to do it. They had to do it. They had to do it. Are you looking at your life right now and are you saying, man, I do know that there are things in my life that are a result of me just not dealing with my past. I'll tell you this. I, I saw a quote. I can't even remember what it was by, but it, was, it wasn't it was a quote. It was a video. It was like a little video that I watched on one of the social handles. And she was talking about sexual abuse. And she was saying how um, sexual abuse changes the way you think. And in one instant, It can change the way you think. And she made the point, but God is greater than that. And I'm, forgive me, I'm totally butchering this, but I did, it was someone else. I did not say that, but it is very incredibly true. When we have something like sexual abuse in our past, or when we have a abusive marriage in our past, or when we have like a hurt something um, in our past, it is so powerful that if we don't deal with it, with the, with the word of God, with the spirit of God, and we bring it into our promised land, then there is friction there. 
a prick in your eye or a thorn in your side. I've never had my appendix out, but I know people who have. They say it's horrific. You wouldn't want an unhealthy appendix for the rest of your life and let let the and yet this is what's happening. God says, I want to give you this beautiful land, a land flowing with milk and honey, but you got to do some work first. And we need to start doing the work. I know in my life, so, so many people have asked me, how do you do the work? How do you deal? How do you um, get through it? And I will say, I will say this. Um, I started to notice in my life in order to begin the work of healing in my life, I started to notice when I would have a trigger. Not just from my husband, but maybe from a church because I have a deep hurt, church hurt and you guys know about that. Um, but maybe maybe it was from a leader at a church or from I, I began to notice when it would trigger something inside of me. Someone would say something to me or do something. And all of a sudden, what seemed like was very innocent to me, I, it would trigger fear. It would trigger frustration. It would trigger insecurity. It would um, trigger something inside of me. And every single trigger that I ended up getting, I started to take it to the Lord and ask the Lord, listen, you're going to have to shine a light on why this is such a big deal for me. Um, My husband and I just recently went through uh, a transition, uh, just a life stage transition, and it sort of unearthed a bunch of things that we needed to talk through. And it was such a healthy time, uh, but it, but it was also a time that we had to deal with some things that that needed to be removed from our family, removed from our relationship, just removed. And um, it, it, it took work. I had to look at the different triggers in my life. He had to look at triggers in his life, and we had to say where what was the origin of them. And then if I was the origin, I would need to needed to apologize and needed to explain myself. And if he was the origin, he needed to apologize and he needed to explain himself. And I started doing this in my life because I realized I was walking in my promised land and I would, I had a prick in my eye. And I wonder today if that's you, if you know that that's you, if you know you're struggling with something from your past and maybe you don't know why something your husband does drives you crazy. Well, maybe it's from that first marriage. Maybe you don't know why something your kids do drive you crazy. Maybe you're struggling with authority and you don't know why you struggle with authority because they seem nice enough. Well, maybe it's bad authority from two jobs ago that that, that fired you out of nowhere and um, you haven't dealt with it yet. When you get any sort of trigger, any sort of weird emotion, it's time to take it to the the Lord and say, God, where does this, what is the origin of this? And when he says, listen, this is the hurt that you are dealing with. You can take a passage of scripture and you can shine light on that hurt and give your mind truth to where that thing, that trigger will absolutely lose its power. On the other hand of this, if you do not know how to even start or where to even start with triggers, I highly advise you to get a good, solid, biblical counselor. There's nothing wrong with that. It is the greatest thing that you could do for yourself to help you sort through, to help you dispossess some of these nations that are in your promised land, some of these Jerichos that are taking up way too much of space in your mind and space in your heart. How do you deal? You deal with dealing understand there's a problem 
and do the work. I, I have said multiple times, people stay defeated because victory takes work. Listen, if you have 10 more years, 20 more years, 50 more years on this planet, doing the work now is going to be worth it. Because your future is waiting for you not to take these nations into it. The walls will come down for you just like they have for me and so many others that have claimed the victory in King Jesus. I'm going to close out today and just pray over you guys. Um, I really feel like this is a reason why, um, I mean, I could have gone into, I could go into so many different, different, let me just pray. Uh, Lord, we love you today. And God, I love that your word is healing power. I love that you have given us a resource, Lord, of biblical counselors that love you, that are trained to help you pinpoint areas of weakness in your life and to remove these uh, nations. I love that truth that Israel and Jericho were never meant to be neighbors. I love, Lord, that you have prepared promised lands for us to step into and to enjoy. God, I pray for that person right now that is thinking, man, that's me. I'm like tearing, tanking my second marriage or, or, or I'm not, I'm not winning at parenthood right now just because I haven't dealt with things from my past. Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes, that you would show them that your grace is sufficient and your grace is right there for them. And your truth is right there for them. And they can course correct right now. I thank you, Lord, that you are a great shepherd and you lead us. And you guide us and you teach us. We love you. We trust you. We trust you with our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I thank you guys so much for joining me today. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Miles Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening. And join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.